Pig X, Ideas in the Swine Industry Worth Sharing. Welcome to Season 1 of the Pig X Podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Howell. Over the past year, we've discussed a lot of important topics, and today is certainly no different. We're talking to Kendall Wager, technical support for PIC. And for those who don't know, PIC stands for Pig Improvement Company. And PIC is a global genetic supplier that works with their customers to cultivate quality genetics, maximize profits, and produce superior swine. So before we take a deep dive in today's conversation, let's hear more about Kendall's role at PIC. The technical services repro team is comprised of seven people that service customers in North America. And we provide support to our customers on both commercial and multiplication systems to help improve not only sow farm performance, but also we try to help our customers be more cost effective. And we really have a comprehensive approach that includes a wide array of support, um, like in-person customer site interactions, diagnostic tools that we can use remotely or in person, um, webinars, MP4 trainings, just to name a few. Um, And also we work with our other PIC technical services teams um, with the goal to make our customers the best producers in the world. Another resource that PIC offers, which segues us into today's discussion, are their informative roadshows, which for a number of years... PIC has been holding these events across the U.S. to help their North American customers understand developing topics in the industry, pointers on how they can improve their operations, and so much more. Now, PIC completed a few roadshow presentations earlier this year, which Kendall was a part of. We hit a lot of topics, and part of that was peripartum care. So that's, you know, not only after and during the fairing process, but leading up to it. So part of that takes into account things that we can do to set ourselves up for a success and and in an attempt to reduce preween mortality and also improve piglet quality and performance on the subsequent litter for the sows. As Kendall said, there are things that we as producers can start doing before farrowing to set the sow and her litter up for success. We have to keep in mind that piglet survivability and superior sow performance is the goal through each phase of farrowing. The first stop is the farrowing house. Farrowing room preparation is really important because that kind of sets the tone for how that farrowing process is going to go. It's really important that we have everything set up and ready to go so that our team can really put in 100% of effort focusing on the piglets and the sows. So first off, we want to make sure that the room's clean. Hygiene's extremely important. So we recommend power washing with warm water, using a degreaser, as well as a disinfectant, and allowing the room to dry ideally overnight when that's possible. And then before we load sows into farrowing, we want to make sure everything in that room is set perfectly and not just, oh, the crates are open, we're going to load the sows. So we want to make sure everything is repaired. We don't have broken crates, broken nipples, the feeders work, all of the ventilation settings are working. We have heaters functioning, inlets are working, fans are appropriate, and that should all happen before we even get sows loaded into the room. Secondly, we want to make sure feeders are set up and ready to go for sows. So we want to make sure there's no disinfectant pool 
cooled in that feeder, first of all, make sure the setting's right, nothing's plugged. And then to check water nipples at every crate is, is really important as well. Just to have someone go through really quickly, press that nipple, make sure they've got water and the flow looks right. It's very easy to measure water flow. If you see something that looks a little bit slow you Can simply take one of those spray paint can lids and it should fill up in four seconds. And that's how you can know if your, your water flow is right. So we target two liters a minute for sows and lactation. And that's really important for the post-farrowing care and the success of the sow and piglets. So, you know, that's all starting with room setup. And then after the sows, we want to consider the creep area as well, because we need to make sure our piglets are born into the best environment they possibly can, especially since sows are going to be farrowing on their own during certain parts of the day and night. Not many farms have 24-hour care, so we really want to make sure that room is set up so that a sow can farrow by herself as best as possible when we're not there. So it's important to make sure that we have mats down for the piglets, either a rubber mat, a heat mat, um, a cardboard mat, something temporary is fine. And then we want to make sure that there's a heat source as well. So a heat lamp or a heat mat. And we want to make sure that temperature is at the right setting. So we target between 95 and 100 degrees. And really what we want to do is check that with a temp gun. So once your heat source has been on the mat or the heat plate has been on for a while, just take one of those temperature guns, quickly run through, and just make sure that they're set at that proper setting. Because oftentimes farms will just take those heat lamps and set them all at the same height and, and assume everything is good. But there is variation between the bulbs and the lamps. So we want to make sure that that creep area temperature is perfect before the piglets are born. And with litter sizes the way that they are now, we're constantly increasing and improving. You know, a lot of sows are having 15, 16 plus total born. One mat may not be sufficient, uh, if especially with litters of higher total born. So we recommend having two mats and two heat sources when possible, just for that first 24 hours. Not every farm can do that, of course, if they don't have, you know, the breakers that can handle the extra heat lamps. But make sure we have enough creep area so that all piglets can lay comfortably and that'll help keep them away from the sow when she farrows. And then, and finally, make sure room temperature settings are ready to go before the sows start farrowing. So most farms will typically target around 72 to 74 degrees during those first days of farrowing. And that may vary a little bit just depending on the, the design of, of your room and your barn. Another thing that comes with farrowing room setup is your preparation at the end of the day. So at the end of each day, even in rooms that are actively farrowing, make sure that all heat lamps are working before you go home. Have your farrowing supplies set up before you leave. So when you come in the next morning, there's no scrambling around trying to find the tools that you need. So either have a kit that you carry to each room or, you know, a kit that's located in each room. Make sure you have any drying agents, towels that that'll really, really help start the day off on the right foot the next day. Now that we have the farrowing room set up, it's time to start loading sows into their crates. Once in birth, we have to remain diligent in ensuring that all pigs are properly taken care of offspring and dam. Sows need to be looked after just as much as piglets. Though the first 21 days are most critical, those initial first 24 hours of life are important in terms of survival. One thing to mention as well, and we're talking, you know, kind of about things that we can do today or things that we can, you know, put into place right away. But one one thing to consider as a long term goal is to focus on body condition. Again, that's part of, 
you know, setting sows up for success. So we'd like to see 90% of sows going into farrowing in ideal condition. And that's going to help with the whole day one pig care process. But the main points we want to think of and really, really focus on for day one pig care is that we have three things that are critical. And these are the life and death actions. These need to be prioritized and always done before anything else. So that's keeping your piglets warm and dry, making sure that they have udder training and colostrum intake, and then also making sure that our sows are cared for. So we're sleeving any sows that need assistance, you know, identifying any sows that are having trouble and taking action on those sows. So we recommend getting around to observe every sow every 20 to 30 minutes and then performing any sort of intervention you need to ensure that that litter and that that sow is going to have the best chance for success. So we want to be sleeving any sows that are showing difficulty with birthing. They haven't passed a pig in the last 30 minutes. If you are seeing stillborns being born, the sow's straining or stressed, we would want to sleeve that sow immediately. And also flag any sows that are having trouble, just so you know that to make sure to get those sows even more often if possible. And then with the piglets, we want to make sure that we're keeping them warm and dry. So they need to be able to find that nice warm creep area. And no matter what you're using for drying, whether that's a drying powder or drying towel, we want the pigs to get picked up and rubbed off. You know, sprinkling a little powder on the piglets is not really drying them. So make sure they get picked up, rubbed off, get that mucous membrane off, and then place them at the udder. And really, the important part is focusing that that colostrum management and that udder training on the at-risk population. So your small to medium piglets are really what need the help. You know, when that pig's born at four pounds, they're going to walk around, get right on a tee and, and probably be okay. But those smaller piglets are the ones that are going to get chilled faster, may have trouble finding the udder or even the creep area. So it's really critical that we reduce the birth to nurse interval. So that's just the time that the piglet's born to the time that they are on a teat. And ideally, we like to have piglets on a teat within 30 minutes. Once we get over that 30 minutes, we start to increase our risk for pre-wean mortality. So of course, overnight, we, we don't really have an option. But in the morning, that has got to be a priority first thing in the day. So let's do a quick recap here. As Kendall was just saying, there are really three things that need to be focused on when farrowing. One, keeping piglets warm and dry. Two, making sure they have udder training and colostrum intake. And three, it's important to make sure that sows are cared for and taking action on any sows that may be having some trouble. While the ag industry has always had some trouble finding a steady labor force, COVID has definitely heightened that struggle, making it important to prioritize who does what and when. So really with day one pig care, labor allocation is key. That can make or break you. And any farm I go to, will tell you that they're short staffed right now. I don't know any farms that are consistently fully staffed right now. So it definitely is a challenge. So what farms can do, you know, if they don't have the ideal number of staff in those farrowing rooms is focus staff and labor on the heavy days. Can you pull someone from weaning for one hour? Can your breeding crew spend 20 minutes drying off piglets before they go feed the gestation barn. We really have to think smart and make sure that in that first 30 minutes to an hour of the day, we're addressing every single sow as quickly as possible. So piglets need to be warm and dry. So we need to address any piglets that are challenged or chilled, get them to start nursing and sleeve any sows. So that very first round in the room is 
extremely critical since no one's been there overnight. So it's really important that we have enough staff, even just for the first hour or two a day, that can go in there, get that farrowing monitor on track so that they can function well during the day and keep up on their rounds going forward. All right, now that we've gotten through arguably the toughest part of the farrowing process, we prepared the farrowing rooms, went through the birthing process, now it's time for post-farrowing. 24 hours post-farrowing, it's important to get through the fostering process, which is a time to make sure that sows are not being overworked. Piglets are put on functioning teats, and during this time, piglets are placed on functioning teats with the intention of just evening out litter sizes to ensure that the piglet is on a suitable sow. But once we move past this step, we fully enter into post-farrowing, where we need to be paying attention to sows in a variety of different ways. First of all, to set the litter up for success, make sure you're counting functional teats. We don't want to be putting extra pigs on a sow when she doesn't have the teats to support them. And then post-farrowing, a lot of times once we get the sow farrowed out, she's looking all right. We've got our, our fostering done. Our litters are looking good. Sometimes we kind of drop the ball and don't really spend as much time with the sows after farrowing as we should. So that first 24 hours, we want to make sure that that sow is up eating and drinking. We recommend taking a rectal temperature on all sows that farrowed 24 hours post-farrowing. And this is really important because a lot of times that thermometer is going to pick up a fever when she hasn't even shown symptoms. You know, I go through and do exercises with farms where we all observe sows and say, you know, which ones look sick or which ones are off feed. And then we take a temperature and, and you will almost always find sows that have high temperatures that are not showing signs of illness yet. So by the time that that sow is sick or off feed or showing signs, it may be too late for that litter to thrive. Post-farrowing, don't drop the ball. It's pretty common for us to turn all of our attention to piglets post-farrowing, but don't drop the ball. Make sure that the sow is well-observed and cared for as well. Try to pay special attention to sows for especially, again, those first 24 hours post-farrowing, because if a sow isn't happy and healthy, we may have missed the mark to ensure that the litter will thrive. And then we want to make sure we're getting sows up twice a day once farrowing's over, because not only is that going to encourage her to eat and drink, we can check and to make sure she's not lame, she doesn't have mastitis, and there aren't any other underlying issues that, that could be causing that litter to fail. And then having access to fresh feed and water 24 hours a day is a must. So once that sow farrows, we'd like her to have as much clean, fresh feed as she'd like to eat. So keeping those feeders cleaned out every single day, adjusting feeding, feeding settings, you know, so she's not getting a whole bunch of feed or, or not enough. And then making sure that those water nipples are working, they're accessible to the sow and that they're at the proper flow rate. And then also identifying any piglets in need. So around that three to maybe seven day range, that would be your first time to, to identify and take action on fall behind pigs. So you don't want to wait until piglets are, are really, really skinny and, and falling off before we take action. So prompt identification of those piglets is a must to reduce preween mortality and making sure that we get them on the right sow. So the earlier you can identify those and get them on a high quality sow, the more likely they are to recover. So for a nurse sow, what we'd like to see is ideally with those younger pigs, a fresh nurse sow is best. And we recommend having a young parity that's not a gilt. So think, you know, a P2 or P3 docile sow with a really nice underlying small teats. You know, that's, that's your perfect nurse sow. So making sure we're identifying those and 
creating a whole new litter on that sow. We want to make sure that we're not mixing, you know, older pigs with newborn pigs. So only to group together those fall behind pigs. And then also address piglet behavior and, I, and, and watch that as we're going through each day because we have our farrowing room set fairly warm in those first few days in order to help keep the pigs warm. But the sow would prefer that room to be cooler and will eat much better if we can get that room cooled down quickly. So we recommend having your room temperature settings at the lowest setting by 10 days of age on the piglets. So that may mean you have to start bumping the room temperature down just at the end of farrowing or when there's still a few litters left to farrow in the room. And just keep an eye on those piglets. So watch the behavior and how they're laying, because not only are we adjusting room temperature, but we need to adjust heat sources as well. You know, some heat mats will be on a thermostat, so they're easily adjustable, but heat lamps can easily be raised up or down. So if we see piglets that are huddled up under a heat lamp and cold, maybe with that, that lamp is still a little bit high for them. If we see piglets spread out all over the crate, not laying on the mat or using the mat as a toilet, basically. So if it's getting soiled, they're, they're not wanting to lay under that heat lamp. So making sure that we're raising mat, raising lamps, and especially in the warmer months, there may come a time and an age where you have to actually shut those off just to make sure that piglets stay comfortable. Even though this process is certainly a lengthy one, we have to be diligent in order to maintain a happy, healthy herd. Simplifying what we discussed today, there are some overarching tasks that must be done for individual sow and piglet care. Individual sow care is critical, making sure that we're identifying the sow every single checking the sow every single day, identifying any issues, um, if they're not eating, if they're not milking well, if they're sick or they have fevers, and then also paying attention to the whole litters. So we want to make sure when we're walking through feeding, we're not just going through the motions. Make sure that we're observing every litter and sow every day and taking action promptly to ensure that they have the best success during the lactation process. Wow, we've certainly covered a lot of ground today, so it's time we summarize the materials that producers can take back to their operations. Number one, make sure you're set up for success. So that, that farrowing setup is critical. The way we prepare for farrowing is, is going to reflect the success of the lactation period. So quality and consistency of room setup and preparation is key. Keep your piglets warm, dry, with full bellies. And I Individual sow care is critical as well. So always observing the sows and the piglets post-farrowing. Make sure that feed and water is, is top priority. And just observing sows every day and identifying issues promptly and taking action once they're farrowed. From farrowing to weaning, there are many critical steps producers must take to guarantee that sows and litters are properly taken care of. Though it may seem like a lot, it's important to remember that exceptional production is a result of proper practices. Without appropriate care, we can run the risk of losing animals, thus losing profit, which is something we'll talk about to kick off season two of the Pig X podcast come June. So be sure to hit subscribe as we do kick off our second season of the Pig X podcast, which I promise you is going to be even better than the first with more insight into this project, as well as a few special episodes we have in the works. Until then, I'm Delaney Howell, and this does it for season one of the Pig X podcast. Pig X is a national podcast hosted by the Pig Livability Project partners at Iowa State University, Kansas State University, and Purdue and supported by the Iowa Pork Industry Center. For more information on the project, 
head to www.piglivability.org or to inquire directly with questions regarding the project, email ipic at iastate.edu. Pig X, ideas in the swine industry worth sharing.